0: Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hun. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways, which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. In today's episode, we'll be talking about the battle for telehealth, EHR versus third party. And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag H-I-T-S-M and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus check out our 14 years of Health IT blog content at healthcareittoday.com. All right, Colin, where are you putting your money? EHR or third party?
1: <laughs> I don't think you can go wrong putting it on anybody at the moment. Telehealth <laughs> is so dang hot, right? Like it doesn't matter if you're a third party, two guys in a garage or whether you're an established player just... Tell Al that it's just, everyone wants it, everyone needs it, and uh, I don't think you can make a wrong bet right, right at the moment. <laughs>
0: everybody's gonna win Uh, (laughs) I mean in some ways it's true too like the patients are winning I think doctors are winning because they're preserving their their you know their revenue in ways that they you know didn't have previously and I think it's opening them up to this idea of like hey telehealth is an option and is a possibility for me in the future so and then of course the EHR vendors and third party are, are doing really well with it
1: yeah, there's certainly some companies that are doing better than others, certain bigger brand names, uh, you know, that are out there in the, both the telehealth space and, of course, the EHR space that are, uh, I think, long-term will be the winners. But uh, certainly right now, uh, if you've got any solution uh, that works and can be implemented quickly, uh, you know, I think you're doing okay right now. So um, <laughs> It's
0: true, but I think there is a battle that, to me, has really just begun. Uh, you know, as COVID hit, people just did whatever was the kind of path of least resistance if you will so if their ehr vendor had a telehealth solution they might have chosen that if they'd already talked to a third party uh, telehealth vendor and maybe done some integrations or done some pre you know preliminary work they went with that so they just took whatever they could find and just implemented it and now over the next year maybe more for some slow organizations we're going to have people go and say okay what do I need to really do telehealth the way that I want? Do I need an enterprise platform or do I not? Is my EHR going to provide it or not? And to me, that's where the battle's going to be. And interestingly enough, in the EHR world, we've seen this battle before because there was a lab system, for example, that you loved and was really great and your lab loved it. And then the EHR vendor rolled out their own lab system. And what happened? The lab systems got rolled over, and the health system said, oh, I know you love it better than this new EHR-developed lab system, but guess what? I don't care. I don't want to support multiple vendors, and it's good enough, and so we're going to implement this so that we have one neck to ring when something goes wrong, and of course, they touted integrations and things like that, right? Which, you know, fair enough, Integrations is a valuable component of this, but Anyway, so I guess I'm arguing for the EHR right now.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think definitely they're going to win more of their share than, uh, than, than not. Um, however, I think that uh, for some organizations, uh, having a third-party purpose-built solution will be the preferred one. And I say that only because I think there will be some organizations who will see telehealth as just a function of their operations. And I think there, you're absolutely right. It doesn't really matter, you know, who I go with. I might as well go with an EHR, my EHR vendor, because I'm already working with them. I already have contracts with them. It's easier. But for those who see telehealth as a competitive advantage or who want to make telehealth or or their virtual presence or virtual online presence an advantage, there, I think they're going to go with the nimbler, smaller organization who can kind of grow with them. Uh, and they'll put up with maybe the lack of integration with their traditional EHR, or maybe they'll adopt the not so good EHR that's coming out as part of the telehealth system, right? But you can see some of these smaller practices, especially who are kind of moving more into the virtual world, virtual waiting rooms and and serving um, uh, patients in multiple areas where they weren't serving them before. There, I think they might go and decide, you know what, I need a better performing, more nimble vendor to work with, Uh, And I may not choose to work with my traditional EHR vendor's uh, telehealth system.
0: That's interesting. I think I would have argued the opposite. I think I would have said the ambulatory providers, right, the smaller practices are just going to go with their EHR because they're already there. They have tight... Connections. They don't want to do the integrations themselves. They don't want to work with multiple systems. They went through that in the PM EHR world, and they're like, oh, "No, forget about it." And they probably only need one telehealth platform to do live video visits. Maybe they start doing some chronic care management on top of it as well. But you know, that's less of an interest. Whereas, if you're a large hospital health system organization. You don't just need live video visits, like a ambulatory practice might approach it. The health system needs, of course, live video visits, but then they also need remote patient monitoring. They need to move into value-based care. They need virtual rounding. They need telequarantine. They need virtual remote interpretation, which I guess ambulatory does as well. But you know, there's some options there in the live video. They, so they need this plethora of telehealth solutions. And my question on the health system side, if you need all of those solutions, is your EHR vendor going to provide that? And my answer is no. When I did the EHR uh, telehealth interview series with all these EHR vendors on Healthcare IT Today, I found that when you talk about live video visits, they all have a platform. Many of them are based on WebRTC or some sort of third-party video, but then tightly integrated. So it's a, it feels like a native experience. But when you ask them about remote patient monitoring and those things, oh no, partners, we'll use partners for that.
1: (laughs) Well, that's interesting because I would have gone the other way (laughs) from what you just said because, because of the breadth of what you need as a hospital, you know, you do need the remote patient monitoring. You do need. I see those things being incorporated. Uh, into the EHR over time. They're not there today for sure. I mean, the remote patient monitoring, it's not experienced the same growth rate as telehealth, but I think it's coming, Uh, not the same levels, but certainly I think there's going to be an uptick. And I think for a while, we're going to have many, many more third parties being adopted because they provide better solutions. But given the financial capability of these EHR vendors, at least the ones who go down this road, like the Cerner's and the Allscripts of the world, um, they'll probably acquire some of those companies and incorporate it mm-hmm. into their EHR. And I see that kind of happening. Um, and because, but because, uh, you know, the hospital does have this breadth. I think it is actually better for them to have it in the EHR and not to deal with 40 different, you know, uh, you know, vendors, right? I don't think that's their preference at all. They want to consolidate. Whereas I think in the, in the practice world, if I do only need like three elements of telehealth, like the video visit, maybe the asynchronous text, maybe remote patient monitoring, I could probably find a vendor that can integrate with my EHR to do that. And the integration, because I'm not using the telehealth system to to do the actual documentation, I just need it as the transport mechanism, if you will. I find that that's a little bit easier than uh, to, to use a third party as opposed to, let's say I want a separate lab system. That's, heavy-duty integration because data has to flow all the time back and forth. If all I need is like a video, you know, there's a lot of, it's a lot easier to do that because you're not trading information, you're not trading PHI and all those kinds of things, right? So, but it definitely, you know, what this says to me is that it's exciting, right? There's all these different directions that this this, uh, battle can go.
0: It's exciting because we're journalists, but if you're a doctor or you're a CMIO or CMO at a hospital health system CIO, right, that's trying to figure out what to do, it's a little more daunting. Although your comment's interesting about the EHR vendors kind of acquiring the remote patient monitoring functionality, I think that really is a fascinating direction that might happen. But what does that say for those that don't do acquisitions like Epic? You know, uh, where does that leave them? Can they build all those out? Or does that put them at a competitive disadvantage when it comes to telehealth? Uh, I think that will be interesting. And, and, And will that push them to embrace third party vendor integration even more than they're doing today in order to combat their competitor who acquires someone and does a tight integration? That, that's a battle to watch
1: <laughs> yeah and it, you know it's that sort of gets into some other areas of looking at this battle right and you know a lot of times epic you know we're picking on them but you know epic and, and other organizations who are not known as being partner friendly they are more of the build it versus the buy it kind of approach uh, you know a lot of erp vendors were like this in the early days right sap a walled garden right and i feel uh, <laughs> And But now you look at them and go, they've, had to, they've realized that their sprawling enterprise system is so big and so immobile that they've had to partner with certain organizations in order to get that nimbleness back. They just cannot hire enough developers. They cannot build enough things fast enough to satisfy every requirement. And over the years, they've had to lower those walls. I wouldn't say SAP is partner-friendly. I don't think anyone would say that, but they're much more partner-friendly now than they were 20 years ago when they first started because they tried that same path. They tried to build everything. And for a while it worked, right? Because you did want that tight integration. But as things change quickly, especially in these sort of peripheral areas like telehealth, uh, where it's not, I won't, you know, today it's not core. Um, Maybe it will be very soon, but... But it's something where you can go, well, I can cleave that off. It's really easy to peel off. Um, I think maybe this is the start where they go, okay, you know what, We need, maybe we should partner. Um, I don't, I'm not gonna lay a bet on that, if you're gonna ask that, <laughs> John, with Epic, but I certainly think that could be the start or something like that. Um, and there's certainly yeah. some parallels in other industries.
0: I've talked to some vendors who said that Epic actually is the most friendly uh, partner from an integration standpoint, although they said that's not saying much for the rest of the industry, which is interesting. And and I would say there's probably some SAP partners that are really happy because they've been really successful. I think they've kind of picked and choosed who they like to partner with and who they don't. And that's where I think this battle gets really interesting is that we all agree that a tight EHR integration is valuable to a telehealth system. Like why should I be scheduling an appointment in the EHR and then scheduling telehealth in a separate system? Like that doesn't make any sense to anyone. And so the interesting battle point here to watch is, will EHR vendors facilitate third party integrations when they're offering a competitive product to that telehealth solution. And so, you know, I, I've heard stories already in the past few months where a third party telehealth vendor was talking with a customer. The customer had essentially chosen them when they were on the phone with the EHR vendor to do the integration, and the EHR vendor says, wow, you should just go with our solution. <laughs> and you're like, no, the customer already made the choice for the third-party vendor, and the EHR vendor's kicking back like that? That's, that's a little – and I think that will scare many CIOs from going the third-party route because at any point, as we saw in the Twitter days, uh, which you and I are familiar with, uh, they were friendly with third parties until they weren't. And then when they weren't, they cut it off and killed many of those companies. So I think that's a fear that many of them have. And if you're not a large enough hospital health system, that's a scary thing to think about when you don't have the power to go to your EHR vendor and say, you better integrate or else.
1: (laughs) No, it's true. I mean, they could definitely close it off, but I think that's another aspect of the battle, right? Like if, if, if you're, I mean, we know that the switch market for EHRs is small, right? It's not as big as yep. everyone thought it was going to be. That's but, you nice. know, but it, you know, if, if that one vendor is not doing the things that you need as a hospital or as a practice, then at some point you're going to go, you know what, I need to move to somebody who is that. And there will, I think there will always be someone out there who is the antithesis of a walled garden, right. Who Who is going to be more partner friendly and who wants to be open and, 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 uh, and those kinds of things. So I think at least, I hope, there will be choice for everyone to kind of choose a, a strategy along with choosing the features and functions. Um, mm-hmm. But I think, again, I think just over time, those companies, the EHR vendors anyways, um, will just get too big to be the jack of all trades. They just cannot hire enough and they just cannot be nimble enough to keep up. And at that point, it's going to affect their bottom line. And I think at that moment, that's when they go, okay, you know what? We need to pick maybe a few partners to work with. Maybe we'll open the doors completely. Uh, and I think that will happen if it's not happening already, right?
0: And I think in the ambulatory space, I, I think there's, it's different than the hospital space. Because I actually could see ambulatory practices switching EHR based on telehealth. And that's a fascinating thing that wouldn't have happened six months ago, right? Like no one looked at your telehealth offering as a way to solve, you know, or as part of your EHR selection. I don't think that's as true in the hospital health system side. I think they're big enough that they're like, no, I'm not switching because of telehealth. I don't ever see that happening. But in the ambulatory space, if you're already kind of on the edge about, oh, our PM isn't great and our EHR is so-so, and our do- or maybe even our doctors hate the EHR, but the PM's great, <laughs> which is often the case, they might say, hey, telehealth's enough reason to just push us over the barrier and switch EHR.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, you can just see it happening in the sort of the behavioral health space, right? Where if 90% of your your visits now are going virtual and you were on a legacy EHR that didn't have a really strong capability there, totally you could see someone wanting to switch or needing to switch just because the nature of their business changed overnight. Um, so you're right. I think there is some, there is more likelihood that, that will happen in the ambulatory space as opposed to, sorry, in the, in the, in the practice space, as opposed to um, being in the hospital space. So it will be interesting to see uh, if that, if that bears out over the next, uh, if the next few months. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to healthcare IT today with John Lynn and Colin Hung. We're discussing the battle for telehealth EHRs versus third parties. <laughs> so, so it really John, let is me. The it is Great. a battle. It is a battle. So, let's, let's talk a little bit about um, sort of an add on to the battle that we've been talking about. Like, do you see that this is sort of temporary, John? Or, like, is this investment in telehealth going to really be sustained over the next little while?
0: So, I think there's two angles, right? And it's really the EHR sustained investment and the third party. So let's talk about EHR first. So from the EHR perspective, and based on all these interviews I've done with the EHR, they all say, yeah, this is a feature that we're going to be doing going forward. Of course, that's easy to say right now, right? If you said anything different, we'd be embarrassed. You know? You're like, no, nah, <laughs> I don't think it really matters. Let's not invest, right? Like, sure, that, right. that would be uh, embarrassing. But a year from now, two years from now, What, you know, where does it fall out is the core question. I personally think it's gonna fall out to the 10 to 20% telehealth visit range. And if you're in the 10 to 20% telehealth visit range, an EHR vendor better have that capability. The only question though is, and we've seen this with a lot of EHR vendors, is they invest to get enough, and then once they have a product that satisfies the need but doesn't do amazing things, they kind of stop. Right. And I, I that's my prediction for EHR vendors, at least the majority of them, is they're going to invest until they stop hearing massive complaints, but they won't continue investing to create an innovative, uh, you know, offering on top of telehealth, which automates the documentation and creates these amazing workflows that improve the patient experience and, and all of that. So I guess I predict that the EHR side, at least, will just invest partway until they kind of satisfy the need for live video visits and then stop.
1: It's funny. You know, you can almost look at the EHR um, world and kind of go, where's the floor, <laughs> where's the floor in terms of feature function for telehealth? Because that's pretty much where they're, where they're going to go. And I agree with you. I think they're going to invest to that point. And then after that, there is, is you know, it's questionable whether there's a need to invest more for them right? Because it'll satisfy 60, 70% of what they believe their customers want. And I think for the most part, they're probably right. But then there'll be that 20, 25, 30% of people who go, I need more than that. And now that's where they're going to have to turn to third parties. Um, And uh, so I I agree with you. I think um, you could say in a sense that it's temporary in the sense of they're going to invest in innovation for a short time. And then after that, it's maintenance mode, right? With a couple of features here or there.
0: You better get your features in now, right? Otherwise, forget about it. <laughs> exactly.
1: So so I think it, it is here to stay because I think the world has changed and I think people now realize the convenience uh, enough of telehealth that it's not going to go anywhere. So it's not a fad. But for the same reason that we have People who make texting solutions and who have, you know, um, a robocall type solutions that you'd think, well, so easy for the EHR to implement, and yet we have huge companies that just do this because those weren't good enough for um, a lot of organizations. I think the same thing will happen here with telehealth. There will always be some players who, or some um, third parties, who will do really, really well because what the EHRs provide simply not enough for some of some of the some of the folks.
0: Yeah, on the other side, I think the third party vendors are even more fascinating because if you say telehealth now, someone will throw money at you. It it reminds (laughs) me of blockchain, I I actually tweeted this out, it's like kind of like blockchain uh, three, three years ago. Oh, we're a blockchain healthcare startup, okay, let me give you some money, right? Like, that's what it kind of feels like and they're getting huge amounts of money, which I do not uh, discredit them from doing so, Get while the getting's good. But we've seen this before in other industries when you could raise money like you can in telehealth right now. And I think a lot of these telehealth companies have raised too much money. And let me just play that out for those that don't know the startup world. If you raise $5 million of capital, then you can exit for a few hundred million and that's fine. That's a great return for your investors. But when you start raising $100 million of capital, which many of these telehealth startup companies have, or even 20, 30, 40 million, you have to exit at multi-hundred, even a billion dollar exit Otherwise, your investors will be like, wait, why did we invest $100 million?" And so, you know, the, the multiples and numbers just change when you raise a hundred million. So they're gonna use that hundred million to one by market share, and two, they're going to build out their infrastructure and they're gonna create some innovative things. But once that money runs out, which they have a lot, so it's not gonna run out quickly, right? This is gonna take a long protracted period. But if they can't get to that billion dollar valuation, then they're going to fire sell it. And the investors will say, yeah, well, that was my plan. Only one out of 10 investments really needs to return it. And if you're not a billion dollars, I don't really care. Let's sell for a couple hundred million to, to you know, tell and let them consolidate and then call it good. And if they do that, that makes for a mess. And we saw that in the HR world as well. When they sell, it doesn't usually end well for the person who got acquired.
1: No, <laughs> well, that's very true. And, uh, and that brings up a great point about consolidation, right? I, I totally see, you know, like the rise of telehealth, I see a quick consolidation phase of telehealth coming. Um, you know, I, maybe a year from now, two years from now is when we'll see it. In my mind, that's when I think we'll start. That will start to happen. But I think as fast as the rise will be as fast as the consolidation. Because again, I think telehealth is a lot easier to be consolidated. You have less technology debt, you have less legacy to incorporate. Right. And and if your features match, uh, here it's a little bit easier to go, well, you know, if all I needed was was video visit, you know, maybe I have a new UI to use, but it's pretty much the same, right? Like it it achieves it okay, let's go. Like, I don't have a massive, uh, you know, I don't have to reteach you how to use video visits, right? It's, yeah. you know, so I think, I think the wave of consolidation, you're absolutely right. When it happens, it's going to be fast and it's going to be rapid. <laughs> and uh, and I think for the acquiring company, it's unfortunately going to be like, okay, we're just shutting this down and we're moving to this platform, right? Uh, yeah.
0: And we saw some of that already with the Teladoc and Livongo already merging with a mega merger. Although to me, that was a very, that was two disparate people consolidating, uh, because I think what they did was very different, but they saw their past were going to overlap, and so they consolidated, where that's very different than a consolidation around, you know, live video telehealth companies that all consolidate into one private equity company, uh, you know, or or whoever might be doing the consolidating into this massive, okay, we are the telehealth company that can do live video visits in the best way possible. The problem is, that's not going to happen for a few years because all of these companies have raised so much money that they're going to have to build out and there's going to be a battle. And, and so it's going to take a couple of years for that consolidation to really happen. So I guess in one way, that's good for an organization. They're probably in for at least a few years with their telehealth company. And then, you know, like you said, it is way easier to, be able to switch telehealth companies than it was ehr i mean i think about the stories i heard from all scripts consolidating ehr companies and they're like oh i just got this ehr and now i got to switch that was frustrating to many practices switching telehealth eh, not as much right like sure it's not easy but if you integrate it the right way and stuff yeah, it's kind of click here versus click there. It's it's not like EHR where all of this data needs to be transferred. No, if the exactly. integration with the EHR is there, yeah, I can switch, no problem.
1: Yeah, I think the switching costs of telehealth is a lot lower, which is going to make consolidation when it happens a lot easier for the end users. Uh, and for that reason also, I think, um, the one thing about the switch market for telehealth is that I think, you know, if you've made, going back to what you said at the beginning, John, if you made an investment of some, into a tool to get running right away, I think it's much easier if a few months from now you sit back, kind of evaluate what you need, it'll be a lot easier to go, okay, you know what, let's, let's take that out or let's you know, put it and use it here, but we're going to use a different one over here because I think it is a lot easier um, than right. switching the entire base system of an EHR
0: and that will encourage the companies to consolidate. You know, I think that's why we haven't seen some of the EHR consolidation that I think we thought we might see is because switching costs were so high. But in telehealth with it not, why don't I just roll it up and become the dominant player and, and be able to really offer some unique services? Uh, it makes sense to do that.
1: It will definitely be very interesting. I mean, I, I, you know, I do a bit of work with, uh, or talk to a lot of uh, startups and there are definitely a lot of them that are going into the telehealth space. But I kind of chuckle because it's exactly as mirroring the EHR space. Of course, no one thinks that, but, you know, having observed it, you know, I I look at it because, you know, I I was talking to one company, who shall remain nameless, uh, who created a telehealth solution to help people with a very specific type of physiotherapy. Like that is their solution, right? They niched it, but you can think about that. So you're a telehealth provider that provides telehealth to this very, very narrow set of patients for a narrow treatment and you do it awesome. Like it was amazing what they were doing, but I'm going like, what's the market for that? That's (laughs) that's maybe 10 million, 50 million at the most. And you know, you own it. Great. But like, like how, how, how ripe for a consolidation are you? Right. And that actually is part of their plan. I, I don't blame them, but but there's so many of those now. Like, there's one that's, you know, there are, there are some out there that are specific to gastro and they're specific to internal medicine. And, like, wow, that's great. But, you know, how big is it? Right? How and big is that?
0: <laughs> yeah. And we did, we should have seen more of that in the EHR world, right? Like, why isn't there an OBGYN specific EHR? I, that never made sense to me why someone didn't go that route and a few other specialties. And we've seen it in telehealth. In some areas, I think it does make sense, like wound care, for example, which is a very expensive problem and requires a certain level of specificity and quality of video and picture. So I think there is a case in a very specific areas, but you know, I think we're going to find some of them. You're like, wait, what's the value proposition there, and is it really that worthwhile? and then as more hospitals and health systems just gobble up every practice they're like forget about it we're not using this specialty specific we already have three telehealth platforms choose one of them
1: <laughs> well it's definitely going to be fun to be a journalist and be on the sidelines and watch this battle unfold john but unfortunately we're out of time this week for another episode so Thanks to all of you who tuned in to this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find out more details about our show by checking out the program's page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please, share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on Twitter using the hashtag i I'm Colin Hung with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening and have a great week.